Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on, everybody? It is Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily right here on Wrestle 2. Of course, this is the Thursday edition. And as you can see, Steph Chase herself, the Wonder Woman of all hot takes, is here to dissect the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, man, Steph, there's a lot to get into. And uh, what, was what was that? What was that? I think that was my mom texting me, to be honest. <laughs> Checking in. Don't worry, Mama Chase. All right. Um, listen, I was going to tell you a little secret, Steph. Don't tell anyone, though. Okay. Last Thursday is the most super chats that the show has ever had. Steph Chase is a draw, confirmed. Oh, my God. Am I the super chat queen? <laughs> Fan yourself no, down. It's because they know that I bring the hot takes. So who better to give their takes to than me? So exactly. yeah, super chat us your takes. I will judge you. And as you- you- yeah, I mean, it's less likely, but she might. She might. <laughs> um, as you can see, everybody at the bottom right now, um, we now have ultra chats. Uh, send in your messages and questions at wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. You know the drill. You do it there. It then comes to our moderators, and we will read out whatever amount you pay on screen, whatever your message shall be. And then Steph will eviscerate or become friends with you. Either way, you're going to get it read out on screen. So um, that's the new way we've been doing it, of course, to um, keep that dirty money from YouTube's claws. Um, so, yeah, Ultra Chats is the way forward uh let's kick off with a couple of them shall we steph because we do have some in in the chamber already um from our resident good eggs matthew mccoskey how you doing brother thank you very much once again for your fine custom um hello friend how does this card around for war games uh sound i'm assuming uh Bala versus cross if not cross if not cross who could it be kings of nxt versus undisputed era we're gonna get that it's gonna be amazing um, Shotzi, Ember, Tony, Rhea. Man, that's a team. Uh, versus Candice, Indy, Raquel, and Dakota. Hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, Leon Ruff versus Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Chamber versus Thatcher. Uh, and then he's got another one that he speaks about dynamite next. So let's just, uh, you know, th- this is kind of jumping ahead because we are going to get into NXT and Dynamite in due course. But Steph, what do you think of Matthew Bukowski's, um, I want to call it a dream card, but at the same time, it's pretty realistic. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's probably close to what we'll probably get as the actual card, is it not? Yeah. Um, I mean, the men's war game match I'm most excited for. Uh, that's going to be so epic. Uh, the women's one, we'll see how they put the team together. Um, uh, the three-way for the the United States Championship, I get the North American, sorry. I guess that's where they're going, but I can't say that that really excites me that much. But, I mean, it looks like it's where they're going. And Thatcher and Champa would be great. It'd be great to see Thatcher in there again with someone like Champa, you know, rather than uh, Dexter Lumis. <laughs> mm. No, uh <laughs> I, I think from an NXT standpoint, without getting too deep, because I know we're going to get into it, I do think like Pat McAfee is the X Factor in NXT right now. Um, the king of NXT and the whole WWE. I think it's amazing. And I tweeted this earlier. The amount of people that groaned and were so unhappy that he had a takeover match when he was going to have it with Adam Cole, they were like, oh, are they bringing in you know, a, a spot for Pat McAfee? Now look at him. He is flying. He is one of the best parts of NXT and all WWE programming, you could argue. He's 100% the best part of NXT. And he's, along with Roman, the best part of WWE programming. I mean, I know people think I'm down on NXT, but like Pat McAfee is one of my like top five people in wrestling. If Pat McAfee was on Dynamite, they pushed that show into being the greatest television <laughs> of all time. But I am such a huge Pat McAfee fan. And, you know, I never would have thought I'd be saying I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. But that guy is just absolute gold. And I feel like he's so good. Is is Vince really not watching NXT? Because he must want to, like, snap this guy up and, and bring something to the main roster. And I hope he never does because Pat McAfee belongs in NXT, like, making his segments the best of that show every Wednesday night. Yeah, I completely agree on that. And after hearing what Pat McAfee said on Busted Open, I believe it was yesterday, um, about how he hates scripts and he just he likes being able to do what he can do in NXT. Just seems like the right fit for the guy. Um, he is such yeah. a natural. Uh, I'm enjoying his work so much right now. And um feels so natural. Yeah, and putting Pete Dunne next to him in that role of kind of like almost silent killer. Uh, it's just great. He really is great. Like I think NXT for a few months have not, had that kind of special formula. It feels like they've been treading water to looking for the next, you know, Gargano Champa or, you know what I mean? Like the, that special feud that will keep them going. Um, mm. And I think they have struck gold in this uh, Kings of NXT stuff. So we will revisit that as we go through the NXT card. Matthew McCoskey is back at it again, though, and he says, Dynamite, I hope Kenta attacked Moxley. Oh, I mean, I hope that too, but... If that is whether that's possible, really, because that would be awesome for Kenta. To, like, Kenta needs to attack Moxley because I think that's the only way this match is going to happen. Yeah. Um, if that if that happened, that would be huge. It would be so huge for a New Japan wrestler to come on Dynamite. Um, it really would be, but it just it just depends on that relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Um, and after what Tony Khan said the other week, um about how it's kind of one-way traffic. I'm not sure he'd be willing to do them unless yeah. he, unless there was something we, we don't know about that's going to happen down the line. I don't know if he would do them that huge favour as a launch pad um, for yeah. something that ultimately AEW wouldn't get. I feel like among the the real hardcores, like Kenta popping up on Dynamite would pop a rating, but 
it can't because then you'd have to know beforehand and then you've lost the element of surprise. So yeah. it, would, it would pop a repeat rating and get everyone talking about it. Like if you look at how much talk there was about Tanahashi just saying like happy anniversary Jericho. Yeah. Imagine the talk of Kenta running out with that briefcase and just whacking Moxley on the back of the head with it. It would be awesome. Uh, Matthew McCoskey continues on his ultra chat. Also, congrats to Mox and Renee. Yes, from Wrestling Daily, we also say congratulations to Mox and Renee. Um, Isn't that the sweetest like announcement to ever happen during a promo? <laughs> yeah, casually too. So incredible, so amazing Like to just drop that in a promo. I was watching live and my whole Twitter feed was people going, did he just say pregnant wife? Like it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and then, and then Renee casually tweeting like, "Now I can tell you how much my boobs hurt." Um, you know, I like to, I like. There's a part of me that thinks maybe he just said it, and then she was like, "Oh, well, he's going to announce it, is he?" Um, being the maverick that he is. But honestly, um, you spoke to Renee, right? I believe we was on the same conference call before. No, I mean, not. I think I've only ever asked her like a question, so it's not really an interview. But um, she was super lovely on the whole conference call. Mox is great, so congratulations yeah. to them. Congratulations. Great news. Great parents. I'll be so interested in what they name their kid. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Renee, just, she just, in general, I've always thought she just seems like the most loveliest person. Um, and the last time I, I was lucky enough to speak to Mox as well, like the first time I ever spoke to him was at WWE, it was WrestleMania 33. I mean, when he was on like the pre show with Corbin yeah. as, the, as the IC champ. Um, and I didn't get like, the greatest impression from him not like just in general i didn't think he was in a great mood um but funnily enough every time i've spoke to him in AEW now which i think is three times he seems like just so much happier well yeah i'm, I'm probably going to get into something like that if we talk about his promo in depth um how he's he's changed but i've always like my, my kind of thought theory Renee and John is like Renee is just so nice and seems like you know such a great like perfect person and exactly everything that WWE ever wanted I can imagine that internally the reaction to her marrying like <laughs> yeah was like you've taken our princess and what are you doing like I'm sure there was a lot of like oh no it's I just think it's so cool that she's like this um just like perfect happy person that has this crazy husband that she's you know like let's be totally crazy and it's a hundred percent part of her charm and i can just like imagine that especially when mox left uh wwe for aw like even if no one ever said anything to her backstage like the feeling among vince and everyone was just like of all the people you had to marry you marry like crazy guy dean ambrose that goes and leaves us and becomes moxley like i just yeah. Imagine that's been the thought in their relationship from the beginning. I just imagine Vince, when he first ever heard they were dating a film, was like, him? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know how they always say that Vince was mad that the Miz married Marie? <laughs> <laughs> shoot, <laughs> shoot angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. Uh, we, we, we haven't even got free Matthews whole ultra chat. Uh, anyway, another thing I'd be down for is Anna J wins next week. Then we see uh, Tay Conti turn on her. Um, I'll share Revolution card next week. Thank you, Matthew. We look forward to it. I was wondering if you'll be doing Survivor Series predictions. Um, yeah, me and Louis will probably touch on it tomorrow. Um, because there isn't 
you know, it's not the biggest or most expansive card to really get into. Um, but we will. And, and it's hard because obviously the SmackDown team for both the men and the women hasn't actually been filled out yet. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll try and give you the best that we got. But all I know is that Roman and Drew is going to be sick. Um, speaking to Heyman today, I mean, he could sell, you know, ice to the snowmen or whatever, but to an Eskimo. Um, but he really, yeah, had me sold on that match. He like he loves Drew Heyman really bad. Like, because obviously he spent so much time on Raw as the director pushing and creating Drew. And now here we are, where his his kind of creation with Roman is long-standing alliance, and Drew is the man in the picture. It's kind of poetic, really. Yeah, I feel like Survivor Series is kind of a one-match card at this point. It really is all about yeah. Roman and Drew. And then because, you know, Drew just won the title at Raw, like, it hasn't had the epic build that it should have as well because it's, like, come around so fast. It's just really interesting. Like, I'm still kind of shocked that they pulled the trigger on it. I, I wonder what that's an indication of, if it's an indication of, like, a lack of depth of roster that you're thinking, because th they're two top guys and you're putting them... You know, you're giving it away at Survivor Series. Mm. I know, like, it's traditionally one of the big four, but, like, Drew Roman, to me, at this junction, the stratosphere that they're both in, mm -hmm. seem, feels like it should be bigger. It should, it should be bigger. I mean, Survivor Series is big four, but it's the fourth of the big, the big four, you know. Yeah, like, it is. Your big summer party, Rumble's Rumble, Mania's Mania, and Survivor Series. It's just like, yeah. I just think that they are giving away too soon, but it'll be interesting in the result. Cause I mean, Roman's got to go over, but, but how, how in a way where you, you don't, um, you don't deplete Drew even more because Drew's just lost the title, like not long ago, he's got it back now, but he has just you know, eaten a loss mm -hmm. so to have him take another one. Mm. Presumably, presumably he takes one. Cause I, I don't see, anything stopping the Roman freight train anytime soon. Um, yeah. or, you know, it probably screams that there's going to be some kind of screwy finish, but I do think it's going to be a great match. Um, and it is worth remembering, as you know, with pay-per-views, there will be a wrestling daily on Monday where Nugay will be uh, flanking me once more and his tash will be bushier than ever. Um, so you have a lot to look forward to guys. Make sure you join us. But before then let's get into the Wednesday night wars. Um, I think we should start with Dynamite since I know Steph is uh, an advocate for <laughs> it. Um, we do actually kind of have an ultra chat that will lead us into that nicely from another resident good egg, CM Chris. Hey, brother. Yeah, um, hello, Alex and Stephanie. Wasn't a uh, Stephanie as well, full name. Uh, wasn't AEW Dynamite was just crazy fun. And NWA women's title match. That was great, by the way. Fun the Rosa is so good. And so is Serena D, but. Uh, Young Bucks and Top Flight, Kip versus OC, Inner Circle in Vegas. I know Steph's going to have something to say about that. Uh, Puck versus Blade, main event, and especially Mox Omega promo. Hashtag EG, Elite Good Eggs. Hashtag Much Love. Oh, that, that, to, to chuck much love on the NCM, Chris. What a guy. What a guy. Um, Steph, I mean, where do we start with this? I will say, um, before we get into like the match quality, yeah. I did. I did love. Um, it kind of takes me back to the WWE that I love the most, where a, um, and I mean old school WWE, where you'll watch an episode and there's so many twists and turns in just like a regular episode, 
where you know you're so you, you feel like you're rewarded for tuning in, and I mean that with um, obviously Pack, and then you got Penta and Phoenix uh, kind of like link, linking up where you didn't quite know what was going to happen when Penta came down, um, and uh, the, you know there was a couple of other stuff on the card as well where they were like kind of leading into the stories, and I, I mean that as well with the inner circle stuff in Vegas. There's just a lot going on where you. You, you feel like if you miss an episode, you'd miss a lot. Whereas WWE doesn't always have that stuff. I, I was pretty much about to say that because last night it just really started hitting me that I've said before that it reminds me of when I very, very first started watching wrestling and, and was watching like NWO stuff and Nitro. And then we went into the Attitude Era and it's just nonstop. And what really made it hit for me last night was like the way the commentators are, the way Excalibur, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross are, it seems like they're actually reacting to stuff. It's like, whoa, did John Moxley just say Renee is pregnant? Oh, did, yeah. this did that just happen? Whereas in on WWE, like it's like a, a fake acted excitement where, you know, something happens and they're like, you wow, got to be kidding me. <laughs> I can't believe that happened, you know, type thing where like dynamite is, and the pace is so fast. It's like they're trying to fit so much in and not in a negative way. There's just so much going on and there's so much to be interested by. It's like, it's just an all around exciting show. And if, if WWE was able to capture that real excitement more then you know, their shows would be a lot better, but watching dynamite, I'm just always on the edge of like what's going to happen. They have like very little wasted screen time, which is great for a viewer. Like there's very little, if you ever want to take a break to, to go make a drink or something dynam during Dynamite, you really have to wait for that commercial because you just, you know, you can't miss anything. And I think that's, like you just said as well, it fits so well because it is the two hours. So yeah. like there, you know, there's a lot going on, like even um, Brandy, of course, and uh, Jay Chargill, um, that, that kind of escalated again yesterday with the attack backstage and, and all of that good stuff. Like there, there's so many stories kind of being thread through the show. Um, it feels like, there's a lot of pace, whereas sometimes in NXT, and although like you know, I'm I'm a massive proponent of the action that goes down in NXT, usually, yeah. um, sometimes it is just kind of like match, match, match. Whereas yeah. I feel like it's more of a show in AEW. I don't know if that's fair to say or not. Yeah, I think AEW feels like you're actually watching some kind of great uh, television action adventure drama where there's so much to happen and you're trying to recap the episode and it's like well this character did this and this and you know and it's even more than an actual show because there's everyone has separate storylines it's just it's really well laid out i was thinking if i could be backstage at any show i would love to be backstage at dynamite and see exactly how it works like watch tony can work with how he like lays stuff out and what he's like in the headset because it all seems just so rapid that um, it'd be just so exciting to watch and just great to see how they do it. Steph, talk to me about Vegas. <laughs> this was so much fun. <laughs> I I loved it so much. It was it was um you know exactly what I wanted. Firstly, they played Fozzy drinking with Jesus. Great song, Fozzy. Great band. Um, so I was really happy to hear that. Um, I thought the I thought the first skit was better than the second video for sure, but there was it was just great to like see their interaction. Like I love MJF and Jericho trying to outdo each other at the bar, mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't just like 
guys go wild in Vegas. It, it kind of, you know, had a storyline and they did use it to move on actual wrestling storylines. So I appreciate that. But yeah, Jericho and MJF, like Sammy and MJF, like having this tension. I actually really wanted like Sammy and MJF to get married or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like to each other. But what I liked the most actually, other than the fact that they played Fozzie, was the Wardlow Hager kind of tease, like where they just stood facing each other, like just grabbing guys and beating them up while just looking at each other the whole time. I was watching going, I need you to be a tag team and then and destroy everyone. And then I need you to split up and destroy each other because that would be so good. But I thought overall, like the Vegas skits, they were funny. It was weird seeing Vegas with no one around, but the inner circle. Yeah. We got a great cameo from Conan. Uh, which I appreciate it. Uh, and, don't, and don't you forget Hornswoggle, who... I was going to say Hornswoggle... Well, yeah. he... Go on. No, I was going to say he got booked twice. He yeah. got Mania, and he got this. And Jericho was on top of Mania. Um, I mean, I don't know if I should mention it here, but I had no idea Jericho was on top of Mania because I watched it the next day and I avoided spoilers. And <laughs> my face, when he appeared at the beginning of it, I was just like, oh, my... <laughs> but uh yeah inner circle big it's awesome give me wardlow hager tag team now um i need i have two things on this one mm -hmm. uh richard says hey louis i don't know why he's asking louis this has steph chase ever been to any AEW show no my plan was to be to many this year but you know this happened but i can promise the world that the as soon as the travel restrictions are lifted i will go to the first aw show mm. there is 100 that is I, my i was planning to go to um i was hoping double or nothing this year again because i went to the first one yeah. um so and they do great media um and it's coupled with you know the weekend they do uh, comrade thompson does i always forget it starcast, starcast the, the, you know it's coupled with that it's great the amount of media opportunities and stuff so um i love to go there they take good care of you secondly judas a great band fuzzy fuzzy so judas is a song fuzzy great band fuzzy are one of my favorite bands of all time and one of my most listened to bands wow okay they have judas for one judas is a banger their cover of abba's sos it's incredible drink with jesus is a great song elevator is probably my like my favorite non-judas song fuzzy are great band now it's not like my kind of music so i'm not here to debate whether they're great or not but the common consensus is that they're not that great so i just thought i'd quiz you who have you been talking to? The consensus among me and my fellow Fozzie heads is that they're one of the greatest bands of all time. Well, it would, well, it would be. <laughs> People, Alex. I, yeah, well, this is it. I will, I will say Judas Live is tremendous. Um, having been there for Jericho's entrance and that it is awesome. Um, but that's only my real experience of them. So I won't uh, pretend to debate you. Uh, oh, I, keep to, I keep wanting to say Judas. <laughs> it's not Judas. <laughs> Your opinion is invalidated by the fact that you I haven't, I haven't given an opinion. <laughs> I told you. These are others. My opinion. Your opinion of Fozzie was to question me saying that they were a great band. So I feel like that was a negative opinion, Alex. But I think you should, once this ends, go listen to some Fozzie, learn their name. and that's then not my, That's not my kind of jam at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I mean... 
I, I, I think a lot of people have said about Jericho as a singer, but I, um, I do think he's done well. If to to to, to parlay two careers, if you ever read Jericho's book, and I don't know if anyone has in the comments or whatnot. Man, it's impressive the amount of stuff that he juggles around and that he does. Um, it's impressive, and it's a you know, it's his whole career is like an inspirational story of just not giving up and also not feeling restricted to any one thing. He wanted to be a wrestler and a rock star. He became a wrestler and a rock star, and you know, he still is at fifty, so it's pretty incredible. What a life. What a life that man's led. I do recommend reading his book, by the way, to anyone who hasn't. A um, couple all of things. Them. Sorry, that? I said all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I what? even got the book, Um, you know, that no, no oh, I can't remember what no, you called it. Word. Yeah, I've got that as well. And um, and I thought actually like, oh, this, because I, I loved the um, the other ones that mm. were just about his his career really and I thought oh maybe I won't love this but the stories he has actually like laden in that book are so good so um yeah everyone make sure you get out to a Jericho but one of the best wrestling books you can actually get a hold of As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, coming back to Dynamite, Top Flight looked great, Steph. Um, FDR approved, I've learned. I haven't interviewed FDR. They said that um, they, they're the ones who lobbied for them to get a shot. And then they got in there with the Bucks. And what happened is what you would expect would happen. 
Mm -hmm. They were so well presented as well. It was great to see a little video package to to see what they're about. They're really young. I think they're 19 and 21 or something, like something ridiculously young. Um, imagine going in against the Young Bucks and your two guys are not even really out of their teens yet. <laughs> and the other team's called the Young Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they give a really, really good showing. I mean, they're a team that are only going to get better and but being in with the Young Bucks so early in your career, it's just, it's great. And I hope that AEW use them on dark more, build them up, and then I hope we see them again. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, the NWA women's match really was great too. I'm, I'm so, I mean, Serena Deeb's, of course, already had a uh, you know, really nice career around mm. the big promotions, but I'm so high on Thunder Rosa and, and what her ceiling could potentially be. Steph, what did you think of it? I thought this was probably one of the best uh, AW women's matches that there has been in the company so far. Um, it was great. And then you had Britt Baker getting involved. And it just made me think, like, imagine being Hikaru Shida. Like, you've got the company's women's title, but really the focus is on the NWA women's title. Like, as much as they try and do with the AW one, you know, the, the NWA one seems to be getting the better matches. And then if you're putting... Britt Baker anywhere in that orbit that's going to put focus onto it so I just was like per Karashita because you know she's probably thinking this is great I'm the I'm the company's women's champion and then they're like okay but we're going to use this other company's title and do like really really great things with it so everyone will be talking about it instead uh, and what did you make of the main event because of course uh, Pac was back and we all enjoyed that but really we were all waiting for the after match with Kingston, uh, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, I thought Pat looked Pat looked great. You just when you watched him, you realized what you missed about him. You mm. know, you saw him in the ring and was like, okay, this is why we love Pat. This is why Pat can be a top guy. The post match, I was really shocked by. I think it's great that you know Eddie was trying to split up the brothers, and then in the end, it didn't work. In my head, Cannon. Obviously, their mum had a talk with them over the weekend after seeing them kind of rip each other's masks off. Got on, got on by the scruff of the neck and said, oi. Yeah, she said, oi, stop. Don't turn into those oasis twats arguing all the time. Be brothers. You know, Christmas is coming up. What am I going to do at Christmas if you two are fighting? And they said, sorry, mum, we're going to make up and we're going to we're going to oust that Eddie Kingston from our lives. Yeah, that bad egg. Bad egg, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Um <laughs> You know, I, I love seeing the return of Death Triangle because I was excited by the original premise. And of course, COVID kind of robbed us of it to begin with. So I'm really happy to see not only are they back, but they've got a real reason to be back. That's all, all you know, almost more important. Um, speaking of. Sorry, I was going to say, isn't the time just right for AEW to bring in these trios titles? That's the idea has kind of been banded back. But now that you've got like death triangle you've got kingston's group um but you've got taz you know, there's so many like, trios teams that you can make and just the excitement of those matches and it'll be something so different from what we do in wwe um before I, I make my final point on dynamite matthew mccoskey says can we just comment on how great stephanie's accent is thank you <laughs> i'm from belfast in case you couldn't guess Mm, the, the the harsher Irish accent, Belfast, I always thought. My, as in, like, you know what I'm trying to say. My nan's from um, Crumlin, so it's more like turty, turty tree rather than her. Um, I was going to say, in terms of AEW, man, Will Hobbs is the other development that we haven't really touched on. And again, this is when I was talking to about earlier in terms of 
story developments in the show that you can't miss. Um, it'd been, you know, Taz had been after him and they wanted him. It didn't look like it was happening. He kept making the saves. And then obviously he blasts Cody with the belt last night. Um, really good Hilton, I thought. I look at Team Taz and I think it's a pretty good team. Uh, you know, in terms of Taz being the, the the he's a proper leader of those three guys who and you look at Brian Cage. And, you know, Ricky Starks, not so much, doesn't really need it. But Will Hobbs probably at this time too. Taz is the perfect front guy for that group. They've got power. They've got muscle. And like you said, they're a real viable unit. Yeah. I did not see the Will Hobbs turn coming either. Like, I thought he was just showing up a bit late sometimes when he was helping. You know, I thought he just got caught caught unaware the other times. But I I thought he was really getting over as as a face. So, really, it's quite the shock because, I mean, people were getting behind him. Yeah, he seems like such a natural baby face as well, especially mm. when um, uh, they played a video once, like revealing more of his backstory and stuff. It's such a such a baby face, um, you know, per- he's such a baby face person, basically. But now, I mean, seeing him join that team with Taz, that's just only going to be good stuff because I, Brian Cage is another guy that I feel sorry for because he is being just totally outshone by Ricky Starks. And I think having another guy in there with them will make it even better. And it just sets up some great matches. And it's good to see Will Hobbs getting getting more of a spotlight, which he will now be involved in this whole mix. Like you said, if you didn't know better, you'd think that they were angling for those six-man titles, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, it, I They've got to be coming. If they don't come before the end of 2020, they'll come in the first half of 2021. Yeah, there's there's too much going on there, I think, for it to not happen. Um, before we move on to NXT, uh, let's take a look at a hot chat that was sent, a hot chat, a hot take that was sent into us. Uh, and we're going to start with Jobber JJ. Hello, Wrestling Daily. Now, all good things must come to an end. So my hot take is the McMahon family should stop booking wrestling. They have seven hours of TV time. No one feels like a star to me. No one's really getting over. The booking is terrible. It doesn't make sense. They're outdated. And yes, this does include Triple H. This is a piping hot take. Um, first of all, that was wrestle votes there. Uh, <laughs> the man uncloaked the other day is a job of JJ. Um <laughs> Well, okay, firstly, are the McMahons booking wrestling? Yeah, I mean, this is it. All Vince really does is greenlight stuff, right? Like, yeah. I mean, come on. I, I um, you know, in, in terms of, like, who was booking Raw, it was Heyman for that period of time, and it seems that Bruce Pritchard is really in that role. Yeah, they got to run everything by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. I don't think the McMahon clan sit around the table before shows and go, hmm, and like, plot out angles and whatnot. They've got, like, 40 writers who do that, it's, it's, as Moxley has said it himself, the system is broken the way that they have a million writers and they all have to conjure up and then they get to Vince and Vince goes, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't really like that. And then you've got like half a story that doesn't really. And that's why the shows are so disjointed sometimes. So I understand it from that perspective. But um, let's not get it twisted. Vince is one of, if not the greatest genius in the history of wrestling in his prime. Like he he represents the platform of wrestling that we have today, you know, you, for, for better or worse, the climate that we see and the other promotions have been allowed to build in is essentially down to Vince McMahon. So you can't really just, you know, crap. I know people love to crap on him. And I do think, yeah, he's probably out of touch now. But I 
I do think credit where credit is due. I, I my favorite time of wrestling, they had like four writers, I think. You know, like around just before, um, during Russo, after Russo, it was just Vince, him, Pritchard, uh, you know, a couple of others. And you just think, why did they have to expand it? I know they've got all these extra hours of TV now, but the core essence of how it worked should have been how it worked. And I feel like that is half the problem that they have these massive, massive writing teams that ultimately they could sit there and pour their life's work into it. And then Vincent Mann will just be like, nah. You know, and, and it's like, oh, you got to start again on like show day or whatever. And they don't have any concurrent plans. The reason I like AEW so much is because you can see that they clearly have destinations and long-term stories. They've clearly mapped out what they're doing. Um, and, and it's you, you get rewarded week to week and you can follow the story. WWE, every now and again, you know, I don't agree with everything doesn't work. Roman Reigns' storyline has been amazing. Um, Sasha and Bailey had a great run this year. There are plenty of examples of good stories. Um, I just take your point that, Yes, maybe. Uh, I, I, my, my, I would concede that the way they do it in WWE is outdated. I would say, firstly, Bruce Pritchard just stop booking wrestling. Um. <laughs> well, man, he did for a long time, and it was still not great. You know what I mean? I just think that Vince, um, firstly, they're kind of fighting a losing battle because they've got that many hours of TV to do that I'm not sure anyone could write that many great hours of TV in a week. I understand why they have so many writers, but it's a system that's really not working at all. I think Vince has to learn to kind of concede a bit of control. And I think he needs to just, he'd be better off hiring a small group of diverse people because it seems like they have all these writers, but at the end of the day, it's just Bruce Pritchard bringing things to Vince that he knows Vince will like. So Vince will be okay with it. Whereas they really need some different ideas, different voices that are working together and just kind of move away from this like old school guard. You know, Tony Khan is a lot younger than Vince McMahon and he's, you can see by the demos that he's booking something that appeals to a broader range of people and a younger demographic of people, which is what you need. And, you know, he's, he's like a year into it and he's doing such a great job and, Things just seem like stale with Vince, and but you know Vince is never going to change. WWE is never going to change with with Vince in charge. When it comes to Triple H, Triple H was doing a great job with NXT, and it's clear that at some point the McMahon influence came in there, and he felt a bit handicapped because what Triple H was doing would be great, and then something would happen like he'd lose people. And I think once they've moved to USA Network, that's changed the show even more. That's probably negatively affecting Triple H because for a while it seemed like everyone thought Triple H was going to be the absolute savior of WWE, especially people that were disenfranchised because they loved NXT so much. But then it seems, you know, with the positions that Vince has given to other people that he's not even, you know, looking at Triple H in that way. I think he's he's happy giving Triple H this NXT but he's interfering in it negatively. And I think NXT has suffered from the move to USA for sure as well. I, I think when NXT was on our show, it was the best show in wrestling. That's that's my opinion. Um, it, it was amazing. And there was a, an era there where Triple H was doing tremendous work and he still does from time to time in NXT. I agree it hasn't been as strong as Dynamite, but I totally disagree with what True Hill Heat has got to say here. I agree with everything especially the Triple H part. I think he doesn't get any heat for the sta uh, staleness that's permeated from NXT. Good stuff lately, though. I mean, that's a contradiction in itself, but... 
I think he does get heat from it. There's a lot of people saying that NXT is not as good as it used to be. And like, let's be honest, that's true. Yeah, but how much of that, you said it yourself, how much of that is his fault because he loses yeah. a lot of his roster? That's what I wonder though. Like he is getting heat for it, but is it his fault? He loses his roster. And I can also see that now that they're on USA Network, that he's basically been told incorrectly that this is a network TV show now and it needs to be more WWE wrestling than it was before, which is just losing the the charm that made it successful in the first place. Mm, I have to agree. I mean, on that note, let's move on to NXT. And I would like to start with what I would, you know, there's for me, there's two real, real high points on this show. Um, we're going to talk about the closing angle that has led us to war games. I'm not going to try and even say it the way mm-hmm. William Regal says it. Um, but for me, EO and Rhea Ripley, I mean, you, you, who would have guessed it? They'd have a great match. Everyone. Um, you could argue it was one of the, it was the best night, sorry, the best match of the night on Wednesday in many ways. You know, mm-hmm. you stack, stack it up against the other women's match on AEW actually. And it was probably closer than it has been on a Wednesday in a long time. But I still think Rhea and EO, um, that that is the highest level of women's wrestling, and it, it was awesome once again. Yeah, the women ruled re- re- Wednesday again. Um, it was a really, really great match. The only thing I'd say that was a negative was I think that uh, it was kind of a foregone conclusion what would happen because they put it before this Finn Balor return. So it's like we're not going to crown a new champion. Mm. You know, just kind of at the tail end of the show when we've got another segment to go. But yeah, they both had a really great match. I just have to wonder what's next for Rhea. I mean, if we need if there's an open spot in the main roster Survivor Series women's team, maybe she could fill that because NXT doesn't really seem to be the place for her anymore. It seems like she's, you know, she's not she's not got anything to do there, and she's outgrowing it. And NXT has outgrown her. It's weird because they blew through. Like, like a month or so ago, I was like, you know, well, they can still go to Raquel Gonzalez down the line and Rhea, but they've already done it now. And yeah. then obviously she's let, lost this last title shot. I feel like she will almost do what they did with Shayna last year. Shayna dropped it to Rhea, and then she yeah. was on the main roster before you know it with the Rumble season, and we went from there. I feel like Rhea is primed for the same role, and she's going to be main roster bound shortly. Um, the other great thing, obviously, is the Kings of NXT. They are so good, and that's because they are fronted by arguably the hottest man in NXT. Uh, well, Pat Steph will say he is. Um, Pat McAfee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee will never not put a smile on my face. I thought this was great. Like, great. Great to see the Undisputed Era back facing Pat McAfee. Awesome. Balor is in there as well. It, it's just, I'm very excited for War Games. Well, for one match in War Games, but I'm really excited to see McAfee in the ring again. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I know Steph is going to have some opinions on this. Dexter Loomis, Steph's favourite, and Cameron Grimes in a blindfold match. Tell us, Steph. This is just terrible. Like, <laughs> terrible. If you're going to do a blindfold match, you need um, more skilled wrestlers like Jake Roberts and Rick Martel had one. You know, um, they're in a totally different universe to Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. That This was really terrible. Imagine just channel hopping on a Wednesday night and seeing that two weirdos with bags on their heads, you know, trying to touch each other. It was just 
it's that's not that is not gonna make anyone yeah. imagine that was the night you went you know what maybe okay i've watched AEW. maybe i'll give nxt a go <laughs> imagine that was someone that could potentially be a wrestling fan like tuning in and seeing that like it this is wrestling what no i just thought it was bad I, I hope this feud ends but you know what maybe they should feud together forever so i'll know there's one match not to watch every week <laughs>
he said, like, I don't think that they're ever going to give him this great decisive victory over either Gargano or Priest. He's just kind of stuck in the middle as their little play thing, really, until mm. them disputing one-on-one. And it's it's not a great position to be in, is it? I mean, I suppose it's not bad for Leon Ruffer when you consider where he was. <laughs> like, for him, I guess he's thinking, okay, and I'm getting a role here. But really, I think you're right. It is just a way to have this Damien Priest, Johnny Gargano story kind of keep rolling on. Um, yeah. I think, you know, when we when we evaluate the two shows like that, like we, like we tend to do here, um, I do think the women's match on NXT was probably my favourite actual in-ring match of the night. But I think... And uh, when I say the women's match, I mean EO and um, Rhea. Obviously, yeah. there were several tags, but there's, you know, great women across the board in NXT. As Steph has said on this show many times, that should be NXT with their front foot forward. And it seems that they maybe listened last night, Steph. Um, they'll take Dexter Loomis off TV next week. <laughs> well, yeah. If, if he suddenly goes away, dear me. Um, but I do think, again, like I said, I'm so entertained by Dynamite. And I feel like the story progression they had there, for me, again, it was, the, it was the hottest show. Yeah, Dynamite was show of the week, but I absolutely agree with you that the women on NXT had the match of the week. Mm. There you go. What a fair balance that is, Steph. Hey, eh? We can't be fairer than that. No, we can't be. Though the last time I said that was the Halloween Havoc show where I said the um, NXT had the best match and Dynamite was the better show. People hated that take. It <laughs> <laughs> was so anti-NXT, even though I said they had the match of the night. So NXT match of the night again, but show Dynamite. Um, it, it, it was like, by the way, as soon as you started speaking about Dexter Loomis, I hadn't have seen... Mayor of Painsville, Dan, in the comments. He'd been nowhere. But then he was like a moth to the flame as soon as you mentioned him. Uh, and I'm just going to find here. He says, so for character development, this was great. The ending was a bit sudden. However, Loomis looked like a boss and Grimes was just super entertaining. I had a smile on my face from start to the end. Well, Dan, I mean, you're welcome to, obviously, if that's what you, you dig. I just don't. They could have achieved it in other ways. I don't think a blindfold match has ever been good. That's just my personal taste. I had a bag over my face the entire time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could just not look, but you've, you've actually bagged your face. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of news. I know we normally do that with Louis, but we are going to have to touch on some news before we get onto the home straight with some ultra chats, which you guys have been lovely enough to get them in. So please do for the home stretch of the show, if you want to have your opinion and your hot takes, and you, more importantly than that, want Stephanie to answer your hot takes. Um, so make sure you get those in. And we do have one more video coming as well. But it was announced today that the WWE Thunderdome, Steph, will be moving to the Tropicana Field Stadium in St. Petersburg, Florida. And that will be starting on December the 11th with the addition of SmackDown. Um, yeah, it looks like that could be where we're heading for the Rumble as well, because it is kind of like an open stadium, very similar to uh, Houston last year. Um, what, what do you make of this new stuff? Is there much to read into it? Is it just, you know, WWE is still going without fans for now, despite Florida Roars, uh, Roars? laws. So um, I guess it's just ticking over until they can really get fans back in like they want. But if it's an open stadium, they may have more chance of getting some people like the CM Dynamite. So maybe that's, you know, part of it as well. But Yep, they're keeping going with the Thunderdome. And I guess we're, we're going to have a rumble rumble without live fans cheering and counting down the numbers. Mm. I, I just, I do feel like I can't imagine 
a rumble without fans. It just feel yeah. it would be so weird. I think WWE must be hoping for that. Um, and then, of course, you know, I know WrestleVotes has dropped that news saying that from the, the live events after Mania, they're hoping to proceed as normal. And Mania, would, of course, would have some fans. So, and again, the vaccine, we haven't even really factored in what's happening with that. We, you know, we probably won't know really until the end of December. So it's going to be a very fluid situation. But certainly for now, WWE are with the uh, Thunderdome for the foreseeable future. Um, moving to Zelina Vega, who I already missed dearly. Um, so she basically, it turns out, she's had a chat with mm -hmm. the, uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce I'm gonna, just going to say the S-A-G-A-F-T-R-A, SAG-AFTRA. They uh, basically are the Labour Union people, uh, and they've spoken to her after her WWE release, which seems to be a bit of a first, Steph. Yeah, this, um, I I just feel like this whole thing is going to blow up in WWE's face, like, very badly. This whole third-party Twitch thing that, you know, probably led to Selena's departure. If it doesn't affect them legally or politically, it will affect them when it comes to new star signing or people renewing their contract and thinking, this isn't right for me because if the reports about how much Selena was making on Twitch compared to what she's making in WWE are true, she can't be the only person in that situation. Um, I feel like Vince McMahon has picked the wrong hill to die on when it comes to, to this stuff. He really has. I do as well. Um, people have mentioned in the comments that indeed uh, the stadium is, the Tropicana field is not an open, I didn't mean it was open, I mean, it was a stadium, right? Like, so a baseball one, I believe. Um, so, yes, there is a roof. Apologies, everyone. Don't get so anal about these roofs. Um, so let's get to some of the Ultra Chats that you guys have been lovely enough to send in um, before we finish up here. So, first of all, man, there's a few. Matty the Hot Scott says, hey, Steph. Hey, Alex. Hey. Pat McAfee is insane. I'm so looking forward to War Games. It's my favourite takeover. The whole segment of Adam Cole going, say it, say it, was just amazing. And I agree with Alex. Uh, Regal saying War Games is amazing. Uh, Steph, do you want to give us your best War Games? No. <laughs> you go first. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying this earlier, it's becoming like Ron Simmons' damn. Like everyone was just kind of like waiting for Regal and he was like, War Games! <laughs> the, way he, the way he like barks it out. Yeah, I think War Games is the most uh, exciting time in the NXT calendar. And mm. now Pat McAfee's in it, so it can only get better. If you thought War Games was good before Pat McAfee, this year it's going to be the best War Games ever. Steph, give me Bellow War Games. War Games! Cool, it's better than mine. <laughs> 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 yeah. <clears throat> um, Tyler Woodward, how you doing, brother? Uh, he's back here with a ultra chat as well. Your predictions for Survivor Series? Oh man, you, you we told you. Uh, also, NXT was good, but the blindfold match could have been so much better. Yep. Uh, blindfold off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where does it rank in the blindfold matches full time? <laughs> um, Def Triangle are back and better than ever. Also, the AEW women's division actually got some more TV time this week. The only way is up, really. Well, of course, because they weren't getting um, too much going on, but they've just shown what they can do. They have the talent there. Just give yeah. them the time and the stories. And 
everything will play. That's all that people really wanted was the time in the story. I don't think anyone was complaining at the lack of talent. Yeah, no one's ever really complained about the work rate. It's not a work rate issue. It's just a storytelling and time issue. Mm, I think so. Um, and what else? I can't remember what else um, Tyler said there. Predictions for Survivor Series. I predict that Roman goes over in some sort of fashion, probably a screwy finish. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out, but I think Roman will be protected at all costs. Um, team Raw men probably win just because they've got this weird narrative going on, or they'll cost each other. That's not really. It's not really a prediction, but I assume this whole dysfunctional thing will come back to bite them. And it's hard to say for the SmackDown women's team because they haven't really been put together yet. But I presume Nia Jax, I mean, I don't know. You, I, I would have presumed they would have imploded the Raw team before the Lana and um, Dana Brooke injury, not Lana, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke injuries. But now they've changed the dynamic. Who knows? Um, I think Lashley over Zayn and... What's our other match? Oh, bank, uh, Banks over Oscar, I think, as well. Oh, Oscar. Yeah. Um, yeah, Banks has to win that. I think Roman's going to win the teams. It's all a mess. Mm. <laughs> so I don't think I can give, like, a well-thought-out prediction because it's just a mess. Uh, and Lashley definitely going over his in. Yeah. So there you have it. There are some predictions for you guys. Um, we still have some more. George, I mean, you always come in at the death, George. How you doing, man? I'm glad that you're still with us. Uh, unpopular opinions. Roman Reigns' in-work is underrated. Let me tell you, that's not unpopular with me, George. I think um, he's been underappreciated for a long time. Um, I think everything to do with Roman just got swept into one unpopular rug. Do you know what I mean, Steph? Like, people, you can you can even break it down and be like, oh, you know, he does this bad. Because people used to be like, he really sucks on the microphone where it's like, well, yeah, but do you see what he's they're, being, they're making him say? Um, yeah. there, there's a lot of different things that go on there. And I think people unfairly crammed it all together and was just like, Roman sucks. Yeah, I think that's what it was. They just didn't like what was happening with Roman. So they yeah. just decided that he overall sucked, which has absolutely never been the case. That's why people have wanted him to turn heel because they saw something in him. Like those of us that really wanted that, if he just sucked, we'd say throw him away, you know, but that that's not what we wanted. Plenty of guys have sucked, like <laughs> loads. Um, but Roman, in terms of in-ring, he's had like countless bangers, whether it be part of the Shield or on his own. Um, you know, he's obviously got the look, like very handsome, well-built man. He's everything you could imagine in a wrestler. Um, and as I think we've seen with this character, actually when he does the kind of slow, low, promos and that's very kind of almost menacing yeah. with con conviction it really suits him so i think um he's proven a lot over the last few months and i really hope there's a lot of people that have turned the corner on him um i've always i've always liked the guy but there you have it um benny boy how you doing benny um i really don't get the love you two are giving pat I admit, he, I admit he surprised me in the match with Cole, but it wasn't great if you take the flips out and his promos make me want to turn off as he's trying too hard. I love Dunn, Lorcan and Birch together, though. Um, I understand what you're saying. I mean, maybe he's just doing his job well. Pardon me for, for thinking yeah. that. Um, I don't think he's trying too hard. I actually think he's extremely natural at what he does. I think it comes very easy to him talking on the microphone, and I feel it all flows pretty organically, but... Yeah, it's going to be subjective. People will rub you up the wrong way. Um, 
I don't know whether it's just he's good and you don't feel it, which is fine. I mean, I remember as a kid, I hated Triple H. And now I've come to be like, oh, wasn't he really good at what he did? Um, so I think when you look at where Pat McAfee is in his career, which is the very, very beginning of it, um, you have to, you know, you go, oh, take out the flips, but it was part of the match that he did very well. Um, I don't think you should take anything away from him at this stage, Steph. I think Pat's great, uh, especially the in-ring work. So, yeah, I, I think um, now he's going to hopefully getting like a proper shot at um, being on TV without any interruptions. I think he'll continue to like grow and develop more for the fans. <laughs> We've got our next one from uh, Uptown Avondale, who says, here's some cash to hear Stephanie say Uptown Avondale. Uptown Avondale. <laughs> I expected it to be. You, you, you almost went so polite. It, that, would, that, that would be Uptown Avondale. How does he want it? Uptown Avondale. Avondale. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what he wants. He's going. You know what? He's going to like. He's going to do what I did to Heyman earlier. He's going to like screen cap it and make it his text tone. Uptown Avondale. Um. What else have we got going on? Bo Hill! I knew you'd be here. Uh, the IC title is basically worthless now. Whoa. Um, and it happened in four phases. One, Stone Cold Steve Austin throws it off the roof. Come on, man. Two, Albert wins it in 2001. <laughs> have a heart, Bo Hill. Uh, three, keep moving the title around in the early 2000s. No good reigns. Number four, most recent redesign. Killed it for good. Bo. Um, I think title is worthless now because they just don't book um secondary titles well at all whether it's the tag team title um they don't book anything well other than sometimes the men's heavyweight title so yeah i think it has been been worthless for a while because really like the whole idea of the ic one is it should be this it should be a title that you can headline shows with with people that aren't in the world title picture and i don't think that they've done anything good with a secondary title since I don't know, since John Cena was doing open challenges for the United States one. I disagree a little bit. I thought Rollins had an amazing run with it towards the, the end of 2018, you know, when he main evented with Dolph in the like 30 minute Iron Man and stuff like that. I thought he had a great run. I thought the Miz had an amazing run with it in 2016. Again, actually he had the career, the, the uh, title versus career match with Dolph Ziggler I think the man makes the title in most cases. And the mistake that WWE have made is they thought the IC title might make some guys. That's like the example you just made with Albert is one of them. Um, they've had a few people like that who they put it on, um, Curtis Axel being one that springs to mind, that they were trying to make by giving them the title rather than putting the, the worthy people on the title. When you have the Daniel Bryans, Sami Zayn, and that ladder match that they had was amazing. Um, with Styles and Jeff Hardy. You put the right people in, I think it still holds value. But over time, the fact that I can name every <laughs> to hand every great one is not a good, you know, in the last decade, that's not really great. So they could definitely do better. Um, I mean, Nasty Tales obviously produced some really great matches in recent years, but I don't think anyone is sitting at home watching those being like, wow, I'm so invested in the IC title. It's just, you know, the. <laughs> kind of lucky that they just got some good matches on it. It's not it's not like, you know, back in the day when someone was um on the rise and they got the IC title and you were like, you know, wow, like this is them taking that step to becoming heavyweight champion. And like mm. now it's 
it has lost a lot of a lot of value for sure. I think I think the last one I really remember about that who who had the title for a long time and you knew it was the gateway to the main event was probably Randy Orton, and that's yeah. like, man, what was that? Two thousand four. Yeah. So two thousand three, two thousand four, like he had it, he held it over the course of it. Like, I mean, dearie me. Um, hang on, someone's just made a comment here. Uh, GRT Chaos Rising. Hold, Alex Rollins win the IC title when there was no top champion around because Lesnar was at home. First disagreement with your thoughts. Well, you're welcome to do that, my friend. Um, but I don't think that really that really matters whether the top title's around or not. I mean, I know that they're forced to focus on it, but um. Still, if you he was still the champion of that belt and he was having good stuff, it doesn't really matter the circumstantial stuff around that, in my opinion. Maybe that's an argument, though, that they were forced into the situation of having to headline with the IC championship. Mm -hmm. They kind of thought that way all the time. You know, then the IC title would would mean more. It would be like when Nakamura had it in New Japan, and it could headline shows because it was built up for that to be a possibility that like, they're not forced in it saying like right we have to have a strong IC champion like Seth because we don't have Brock around at the minute but then even though Brock wasn't around I mean I'd have to dig into this to really argue it better but we would have had another world champion who could have main evented is my point like there's two world titles I don't think they were forced to have the IC title but again I could be wrong there could have just been nothing going on that show I don't know um before we finish here because that is all your Ultra Chats, and we are very, very grateful, aren't we, Steph? Steph is the draw, remember, of Wrestling Daily. Um, we do say their name, keep that coming. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should, that, Steph, you need to get on Cameo. That's your gimmick. Um, let's see what Greg Cherry has to say on his final hot take. My hot take is from actually last year, and that is my belief that Shane McMahon should have defeated Kofi Kingston to become WWE champion. And then go on to WrestleMania to lose the championship to Kevin Owens. Did he say what I thought he said? Yeah. He, did. he thinks. And Greg, we appreciate your hot take. Please, of please, under, please understand that before what ensues. You think Shane McMahon, of all people, should have got a title run last year? And then he dropped it to Kevin Owens. Then him dropping it to Kevin Owens is the only part of that I actually enjoyed. Um, why? He want a Shane title run. He wants Shane to beat Kofi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was he going to do it in like a 20-minute classic? Like you go through this amazing moment of, okay, I was there when Brock beat Kofi and people people were upset that Kofi just got steamrolled off that because like the whole moment of him winning the title was so amazing and it meant so much to people. I honestly think the reaction to a McMahon beating him for it, Shane McMahon would have been even worse than Brock. Romaine is a hell of a lettuce. I've done <laughs> over the nose. Um, listen, man, um, I there's a difference between like heat and horrendous. Like it, Shane McMahon being the champion is is like. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a Shane McMahon lover in the sense that. I enjoy him. I find him entertaining. Um, and although he was way overused at one point, I like Shane McMahon in general. Um, do I want to see him with the top belt in the company? And do I want him to prize it off somebody who's just had an 11-year ascension to the spot that they were previously told they would never get 
No, no, I don't want that. Uh, and in no, and, and, and in what kind of justification way would Kevin Owens finally beat Shane McMahon? What about Kofi? What about him? Kofi, oh, Kofi you put him over. I don't want to say that's the worst take you have, but it, it it might be. I just, I don't know what uh, kind of storyline, like what would be the storyline here? So millionaire boss's son, Shane McMahon, beats Kofi Kingston, who's had this incredible journey, whose title win means so much to people. He beats him only for Kevin Owens to then come in and vanquish him. <laughs> No, no redemption for Kofi. None. <laughs> like, Zero. It's bad. Like Shane McMahon, if you like, we had this whole conversation about the Intercontinental Championship and what you should do to elevate titles and, and whatever. Okay. Elevating and treating a title properly, it's not putting it on Shane McMahon <laughs> at his age, especially while beating Kofi for Kevin Owens to win it. It's it's just no, I cannot. I can't. Like, no, that's worse than even the worst Vince McMahon booking, perhaps. Is that worse than the than the Dexter Loomis love? I think it is. Yeah, I think the only reason, the only way he could have made it worse would be to insert Dexter Loomis into. <laughs> For the record, I like Dexter Loomis. I don't think he's a. <laughs> uh... I, you know, I don't want to be a party to the mass murder that Steph is committing against Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Distance yourself from me just because you're scared of Dexter Lewis fanboy. Come on. Listen, yeah, I, mean, I am. I'm terrified. No one's paying me to say their name. <laughs> Get a bag in your head, they won't recognize you. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that would have been fine. Um, right, guys, we've run over it, as usual. But thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Steph, you've been wonderful as usual. Why don't you tell the good people what you've been doing and where they can find it? Well, Firstly, find me on my new Twitch channel. Look up, I'm Stephanie Chase. I'm on Twitch. I'm probably going to be there uh, tonight in about an hour, an hour and a half. I'm going to go on. I'm going to play WWF WrestleMania 2000. I've got a whole storyline going tonight. Um, there should be a big match between Chris Jericho and The Rock because The Rock stuck his nose in Jericho's business where it doesn't belong. And tomorrow is my birthday. Wow. Uh, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't say happy birthday to me to, until tomorrow because I want all the love at once. But oh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow's my birthday and I'm going to have a Twitch stream um, tomorrow night, probably like 8, 8.30, a little virtual birthday where I'll play some wrestling, maybe try and create a wrestler. I might even try and create myself and um, just hang out with everyone because you know what? 2020 birthdays aren't good, are they? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> birthday and lockdown is never fun. And yeah, keep an eye over in my... Um, Twitter because I did two interviews today. Both of them will come out next week. And I've got a really exciting interview tomorrow that will be out as well before Survivor Series. Indeed, indeed. I'll keep you all updated of what I've been up to tomorrow when I'm back with Louis Dangor at 8 p.m. Steph, you're getting a lot of love for your birthday in the comments already, so I'll let you enjoy that later on. Remember, guys, hit her up on Twitter tomorrow. Let her feel the love. Enjoy the fruits of her labour. Uh, until then, guys, thank you so much, and we will catch you. Steph will be back here next week, 8 p.m., the Ultra Chat Queen herself, and we will speak to you then.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.